Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. My name is Carol Ann Fernandez, and I'm the COO of Glen Eagle. Today, our guest is Dr. Robin West, a board-certified orthopedic and sports medicine surgeon. She is president of Innova's Musculoskeleton Service Line and chairman of Innova Sports Medicine. She currently serves as a lead team physician for the Washington Nationals and the head team physician for the Washington Redskins. Previously, she served as the team physician for the Pittsburgh Steelers, University of Pittsburgh, and Carnegie Mellon University. As a native of Southern California, Dr. West resides in Northern Virginia with her husband, two daughters, and two dogs. So welcome, Dr. West. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us today. And your background is amazing, and we're excited to have you share some of your stories. So I guess on that note, why don't we start with just what led you into working in the sports kind of arena in general? I was always very active my whole life and played sports, and I wanted to be a physician at an early age. My parents are engineers, so I don't have any physicians really in my family, but my pediatrician was an influence as far as looking and going into medicine. And then I always liked math and science and working with my hands, so orthopedic surgery was a natural fit for me. And then in college, I got to shadow an orthopedic surgeon and again, working with athletes. And I was a swimmer in college and I, it was a natural fit. It drew me to it. And the thing I've always liked about sports medicine and taking care of athletes is that most of my patients are motivated to get back to activity. And so we can treat them and work together as a team to try and get them back to their level of play or whatever their activity level is. And so having a motivated patient keeps us motivated as well as, as surgeons. And we have to be at the top of our game to take care of them. Yeah, it's always helpful when your patients are trying to get better at the same time that you're trying to help them, right? <laughs> it does, yeah. They have the same goal, so it makes it easier. Well, actually, my father-in-law is an orthopedic surgeon, and I know he's mentioned before that there aren't that many women in the field in general. I think, one, due to how strong you have to be, but also just it doesn't tend to be a place that a lot of women are. Have you ever felt that that's either restricted you or been a benefit as one of the few women in the field? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the statistics are out now, and they're only about 6% of orthopedic surgeons are women, so it's a very low number. I think it was about 4% when I started. So it's been growing, but very, very slowly. And it's the lowest surgical specialty in the number of women in it. So I have not felt restricted by it. I'm also the first head team physician as a female in Major League Baseball and the second one in the NFL. So I'm in all aspects of my career. I'm really, it's very male dominated. But luckily, my mom raised me to really believe I could do anything. She also was in a male dominated field and taught me that strong work ethic and high integrity would get you far. And so she said, just keep pushing forward and despite setbacks or barriers. And so I think it was really my upbringing that helped me to push through any kind of glass ceiling without feeling limited by them. It takes grit, I think, to do it and you have to be willing to be bold and to push through it and, and to go. But I think if you find your passion and commit to it, then it's certainly possible. And that's, that was my upbringing that made me believe that, I think. And I'm sure you being in the field hopefully will help more women follow behind so the statistics will get a little bit higher in the next few years because it sounds like yeah, you kind I, of are I, breaking I are, the glass ceiling. Yeah, you know, I think there are a lot of reasons. I, I talk to medical students now and orthopedic residents and try and figure out why don't women choose this field. And 
like you said, I mean, I think it's the old school way was thinking, oh, you had to be big and brawny and strong to, to take care, to fix fractures and reduce hips and do this and that. <sighs> but what we're finding is that it's, it's finesse, really. It's not, you don't have to be super strong to use a hammer or whatever in the, in the or a mallet, we call it, in the operating room. But you, you do have to have the finesse and patient care. And there are studies now coming out that actually show that females have, have better outcomes than males do on surgical subspecialties. Oh, wow. And probably it's a combination of communication and laying the, the risks and benefits out to your patients before surgery and what their outcomes are likely and what their expectations should be. So there are a lot of Canadian studies that have come out over the past three years that have shown uh, lower complication rates with female surgeons, better outcomes overall, lower hospitalization stays. So it is interesting and so to go out there and educate women that you don't have to be big and brawny necessarily, <laughs> be a good orthopedic surgeon. Man, and people always worry about family, obviously, too, you know, and the life balance of being a surgeon and, and taking care of a family as well. Yeah. So I guess on that note, uh, to talk a little bit about that, I mean, obviously, not only are you a surgeon, but you're doing it for professional sports teams, which I assume means there's probably quite a bit of travel and you're the mom of two daughters. Is there a balance? Is it even possible to do that? Yeah, you know, people ask me all the time, like, is work-life balance possible? To me, I don't know. It's certainly not possible. And I don't really see it as a balance. It's certainly, it's kind of a sway. It goes, you have to adjust to the ebbs and flows of life. Right. Sometimes maybe you're more focused on your work than you are on your family. Or if your family needs you and, you know, your child's sick or you're volunteering for a school event, then you're going to, this is going to sway back and forth. And for me, you know, if it's, it's mid-October, mid-October is a busy time for me, especially if like the Nationals went to the World Series last year. So here I am traveling with the Nationals for the World Series, trying to have my own practice, do my own surgeries, travel with the Redskins to their games. So that was a very crazy time. And again, you hate to say put my family on the back burner. They're never on the back burner. They're always on the front burner. But they have to, they, they understood. And I said, hey, listen, I'm going to be gone. This is going to be a crazy month. And obviously, if I'm needed at home, I will be there and I will make it, make it work. Having great partners at work and at home is key. And so if I need to rely on my partners at work to help me and to cover whatever needs to be covered, then they can do that. And they're more than willing to do that. And then also I have a great husband who's very helpful and having someone like that at home to help me. You can't do it alone. And I am a big believer and it takes a team to be successful. No, I think that's definitely true. As someone who's going to have my first child in the next few weeks here, I'll be calling you up for more advice in the future, I think. But, oh, well, congratulations. Uh, that's awesome. Thank congratulations. You, yeah. But I think everything, as you say, it's more where you are, concentrating on that and trying not to. There's really no balance. There's a middle way, kind of, but it's hard. Yeah. I guess one of the other things, so obviously you're one of the few people who has two sport <laughs> Super Bowl rings and as the first female working in this area, the NFL. What is something you would tell kind of your younger self, maybe now seeing where you've ended up and what you're doing? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, that looking back and, Talking to my younger self, I, I would say really, you know, be bold and get out of your comfort zone. I think that it's so easy to, to stay kind of status quo. But when I look back at the things that I did or my mom pushed me to do and said, hey, you know, what, what do you want to do? And I'd say, well, I, I want to do this, but I'm too scared to do this. And she'd say, go, go try it. And I, being that young and being afraid to fail at something, I think I had high expectations. I never wanted to fail. And, but that, that's where you learn the most. And so... I think you get comfortable being uncomfortable, get, get out of it and go and try something. And if you fail, you fail and you can do it again and you can succeed at something else. And it often it makes you stronger by going through these successes and failures in life. So I think that that's what I would say. I actually gave a 
talk a few weeks ago to 75 seventh graders. And that was their question to oh, me. Right. They asked me, what would you tell yourself at our age? And so when I thought about it, that, that was something that stood out, I think. So when I look back at where I learned the most were the times that I was not successful, actually, at the times that I had to work extra hard to be successful. I think that's really true. I think anyone who looks at failures or setbacks realizes that they made us better people, right? And they led to where we are. But it's hard in the moment to remember that. It is. And it's hard to put yourself out and say, like, I might fail at this and, and go out there and do it. And I remember I told the story. I said, I remember when I was in 10th grade, I just started high school and I wanted to run for student council and there was a commissioner of athletics. And so I wanted to run for it. My mom said, you should run, put your name in the hat. And so I went out there and then it got narrowed down to me and the captain of the water polo team. He was this really popular, very athletic, you know, handsome guy. And and I said, Mom, I, I can't now I have to run against him. Like, we're the two left on the ballot. And she goes, yeah, just go out and do it. And part of it, we had to go and give a speech in front of our class. And I had 850 people in my class. So I had to go out to our big outdoor auditorium and give the speech. And I'm like, this is out. Why did I volunteer to do this? This is horrible. I'm going to lose. I'm it. So anyway, it was it. I wound up winning, which is kind of crazy. But I put myself out there and did it and wrote this great speech and, and committed to it. I, I couldn't believe that I won, but that happened to be successful. But again, it caused a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. And I think just by putting myself out there, it was a memory that stuck in with me because I put a lot of work into it and wound up winning when I didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah, I think that's a great so. example. And I think that's probably helped you get to where you are today. We always end with one last question, which is, what is one piece of advice you would give to other women who are either looking to get maybe in the sports medicine world where you are, or just as you were talking about, are a little afraid to take the step where they might fail? What is one piece of advice you might give them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same thing. I think it's that be bold and get out of your comfort zone. That's certainly something, you know, if there is something you're interested in to focus on that and give it a try and see if you can do it. Meet other people in that arena. You know, if you're interested in sports medicine or in some kind of sports environment, go and reach out to people like you or people that, that you want to be like and, and reach out to them. And again, they may not answer your email or answer your call, but put yourself out there and try and expose yourself to what they do. And again, I think the thing for me that's always worked is just having that strong work ethic and high integrity. Be honest, do the right thing. And I think that gives you that strong base. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. West, today. You're such an inspiration. And I think, you know, leading a lot of future females into not only the orthopedic field, but also just seeing that they can do something that maybe they thought was impossible or not a lot of women are in an area that they're trying to get into. So I think our listeners will hopefully be bold this week and really, really appreciate you giving the feedback and interview today. Okay, Alpha Payton, thank you so much for your time. You're an inspiration in yourself. So I appreciate your time. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Women's Wealth the middle way. Make sure to subscribe to us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.